totally understanding all of that. If, no, you I, don't. You wouldn't say that if you did. <laughs> you calling me on my bullshit? Yep, yep. Okay, so not understanding all of that. I, I, can we focus on the piano playing? No. Why? Because I don't play the piano. Uh, not anymore. Okay, so... I tried last week. Played the grand. Right. It's tough. Well, I did it, you know. But uh, for some reason, my years of hard hitting, hard digging, mm. extremely rhythmically, how I play, because I hear everything at once. Right. And what I hear is bass and rhythm all the time. That's how I build my songs or whatever, you know. Yeah. I was a sousaphone player as a kid. Really? Yeah. Bass is always my favorite instrument, you know. Same for me. Well, bass is very, to me, very captive because it's so, so different than everything else. But I love singing bass all over it, you know. Yeah. And uh, the piano was something I thought I'd just pass through, you know. Really? Getting to whatever. I didn't have any plan. So that's the conduit to all the sounds? Well, and I'm looking for shit, and I had a piano at home <laughs> that sounded like... Uh, it had never, ever had seen a tuning fork, ever. <laughs> Chinese music, I love it. I hear it every day. Oh, that's not how they tune a piano. <laughs> wow. So you learned on an out-of-tune piano. I didn't, didn't know the difference. Yeah. Dig this. Okay. Here's my father. All he ever talked about musically was B.B. King and, and the blues, you know. Really? Yeah. Well, all Kentucky people love guitar. Sure. Know? So anybody like that is, you know, freshly who's been around a long time, Ray Charles, but B.B. King for some reason. So I even introduced him to him once. I thought he was going to faint. Oh, that's great. He called me up. I called him home. I check in with him. He said, uh, your father is getting ready to go to school. I said, well, what? <laughs> what do you mean going to school? Him and his friend Bully Wooly. Did you all ever tell you about Bully Wooly? Bully Wooly? No, I don't. I, I think oh I know about a name God. like that. Bully Wooly. Well, yes. We can get to Bully Wooly. <laughs> my father's best friend. They hung out, and my father was not an alcoholic. Bully Wooly was. So okay. one of them had to walk home safe without <laughs> harmful walking. You know. Your father was a designated walker. Yes. They God. sit on the porch Monday. My mother would never let him in the house. Oh wow. Nope, no, no, get the fuck away from here. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. You can sit in the backyard. Right. And I hope the birds shit all over your ass, motherfucker, but you're not coming in my house. I don't want that liquor smell in here. Wow, okay. Okay, Mom, whatever you say. Yeah. Mom was a disciplinarian. Sounds like. So, I said, Dad, what's happening? He said, <laughs> Me and Bully Willie went out last week and bought us a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm on in New York. Sure. I ain't saying a word because I said, Dad, the guitar, you have to have fingers to play guitar. He said, I, 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 got, I, might, I might have to play left-handed, but you ain't got no fingers, Dad. You lost three of your fingers. How'd he lose three of his fingers? And Lana reached down while I was moving to fix it. Oh, no. Well, Django Reinhardt did pretty good with, uh... Well, you, you can know. do anything. Yeah, you know. I knew he was looking for a different tone. 
a different way of tuning it. <laughs> well, it was all that was all about to happen. Dad, uh, what are you going to do? Well, Bully Willie and I bought a guitar. <laughs> They're going to share it and learn it? <laughs> they both bought one. Oh, they both. Okay, I, th I took you literally. <laughs> and we signed up for a class over at the junior college. Oh, damn. Oh, my. I said, okay, Mom, I don't know what to say. I'm lost here because this is going to be extremely something you didn't know about or it's going to be yeah. devastating. <laughs> no in between. Call back uh, a week later. I've been talking to your father. He ain't spoke to nobody since they went to that class. Oh, no. So what happened? He said, teacher asked them to tune their guitars. And they didn't know what that meant. <laughs> they don't even know what the strings are there for. You just play them and they make that music out here on the radio. <laughs> and he stopped speaking. That really? was it, yeah. Was he like, was he devastated? Was yeah, he? Coach him, believe Oh. Both of them. Really? In fact, later on, there's a guy, Bully Bully, right across the street from his my house, right on the corner, right two, three hours down over there at the bar. Yeah. And they used to go in there every night. My father would never go in, but right. when they finished, they would come over, sit on our porch, play at night, talking to my father, watching people walk by. Had another nightclub right across the street from the Elks Club. Remember <laughs> Ames and Andy? Oh, yeah. Just like that. When they had an organ club, we could hear it all. Oh, I hear music all night long. Right. Humping music, you know. What, would, it, who, would famous acts come through? No, no. Just neighborhood local? band, local okay. band. Right. Didn't know who it was. Didn't even know the instrument that was, but yeah. sure felt good. Right. And my father sitting there listening to it. I mean, it must be good, you know. Yeah, yeah. See, where's uh, Dad? So now he's really top talking. I said, "What happened?" Well, his friend Bully Bully is in deep trouble. Oh, really? What happened? You know, the bar on the corner. He, said, he was in there, and they got in an argument. Bully Bully walked out, came back with a shotgun, killed two people right there. Ah, wow! Right there. That's some other stuff. I I got to know about you from listening to the phone conversations that you and my father would have because you guys would talk on the phone his his life was the phone yeah yep, you yep. know he didn't go out he didn't hang out i mean he did at one point but by the time i physically met you i had heard you and heard your stories and been sort of on the other end of these unbelievable conversations for 20 years, 18 years? I mean, when did well, we... Well, you if you can talk to somebody about anything, we, that's yeah. it. That's it. Any, any story goes. You know? Yeah. No, I heard some of the hippest shit I, I still to this day ever heard. Just between you, Doc Pomus, and Dr. John. Now, who's Doc Pomus? Doc, you don't know Doc Pomus? Songwriter, Mort Schumann and Doc Pomus, Brill Building. Save the Last Dance for Me, Lonely Avenue, Viva Las Vegas. Really? I really. heard the name, you know. You know, he was, um, and you never met him in the studios? No, I never met nobody. I was too busy focused on the music. I love the studios at Atlantic. Yeah. And I loved it when Joel was in there, too, because together we had an energy that was totally about the music. Mm. He's the first cat I ever met. He said, I ain't in here to tell your guys what to play. 
Because I don't even know what the fuck you're doing anyway. <laughs> you know, if I like it, I'll tell you that. But right. if I don't, I'm going to tell you that too. It's my kind of guy. Yeah, well, and that's why you like Bob Lifton so much, because both of them said, just go and do it. We'll try to snap, to get the snapshot. And he would hear my ideas, you see. Because that's all, every record that I have had that had a little sale was the one that I, I figured came out of here. Right. Not just some idea. Let's right. go. Let's do all the Beatles songs. Uh, that always used to depress me. Basie plays the Beatles. You know, it's like, let's like make some money, fellas. Yeah. Well, it's cool, but it's cool to make money. Same for me. You know. I, yeah. That's been my biggest problem. I get the money, and I want to make sure that you got any money. Yeah, I got some money. How much you got? Fifty dollars. I got to make that couple thousand. Put this in there. Nah. I know what I'll do with it, because that's what I've always, that's part of what I am. Yeah. I want the music to be heard, period. I ain't trying to sell it to nobody, buy it to nobody. If you want to, motherfuckers in the band, Jeff Ellis, I don't know if you know who he is. Jeff Ellis? He's a trumpet player, my trumpet player. No, don't know. He called me to, he wants me to record with him. <laughs> Recently, now? No. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I say no all the time now. Yeah. I used to tell everybody, I'd say yes. Not to know. Why? Well, I ain't, I, I, it backfired on my ass. How? Well, they think I'm a, I don't know, don't ask me no hard questions. <laughs> That's not a hard, you said something backfired, I just want to know, you know, usually you're so giving, you know, you're going. Well, gonna... you ain't supposed to say no, you know. Yeah. And so. You could say no. Uh, there's plenty of artists I don't Hey, Les, I want you to be on my record. Okay, I'll fly you up to the sound bar. No, I'm sorry. I walk. Okay. How far is it? 80 miles. Okay, I'll drive up. Okay, go. Uh, so going to his house and sitting there, his wife and kids there. I'm going to play some of the songs I want to record. And he played 10 songs, and three of them were mine. Already? Yeah. And he told me it's his music. Oh, no. I said, now, play that third song again. <laughs> Where did you get that? <laughs> that's, I'm not quite sure where I got it. I said, Jeff, motherfucker, that's my music, motherfucker. You want it that bad, you're going to have it, you cocksucker, you. I mean, my arrangement and everything is exactly, all he did was add a trumpet track to it. Right, different top line, but same everything else. All right, I get it. So you say no. <laughs> No's the only answer at that point. Sometimes I'm sitting here, like now, these days, this period of my life, I wonder what, but I really do want to just watch television and draw and paint. No, not really. Learning is the most important thing we can do. Yeah. And support to never be on pause unless you have to. Right. A whole back. And you hit it right on the head. That's my my sermon is two words. Choose between love or fear. Make your choice. Right. And you know, I, I'll tell you something right now. Um, you know, when we first started talking, I wasn't recording. I didn't get that. But I really do believe you were talking about going into the studio and, 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 and working with engineers that just said no. 
And I said, No, they never said no. Oh, well, well, they, what I was yeah, yeah, they would just say, Oh, we can't do that. That's a no. Then, you know, then, no, we can't do that. I, that. I never understood that myself either. I hated that. You know, technical Do you not have no idea? Like, how can I get this for life without but? Yeah. Oh, we don't do that. Yeah. You're afraid. <laughs> and if I say something, you know, less yeah, is being, you know. A diva. Less is being a pain in the ass, yes. you know. The artist is annoying. Whatever. And Joel know how to translate that too. He would say, "Oh yeah, okay." Uh, look, all he's saying is, <laughs> and finally it got to be like this. When I made layers, oh, so good. I come in the room and I tell the guy, "Okay, this is the, when you play the drum, blah blah blah." And like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Right. Hold it, everybody, quiet. Say it again, down a less. You play it. Right. Oh, okay. I played every part on the record. Wow. Drums. I think. Did you, you physically played? That's what I'm saying. Whoa, so like sometimes I cry, that, that. All of them, all of that. Wow. I, I build a melody based on the rhythm. Of course, I know, that's just, that's totally your thing. That was the only time I ever had an instrument that was presented to me from another, on those companies. Right. Art Pro Soloist. That's what it was. Mm. The Pro Soloist. Had a good sound, but it was a toy, you know. Sure. Was there a guy with you showing you how? Never. No, they just gave it and you just did it? They threw it away and gave it to me. No. Never. No company has ever given me. The only company that honored me was Fender. Right. Harold Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of the other companies, even though I was using it, had it on stage, Never, no endorsements? No one ever gave me an instrument, an amp or anything, ever. Did you ask? I mean, I... Oh, yeah, it... oh, yeah. Especially in Japan, you don't have to ask. Oh, when you come yeah. there, they just lay it on you. I, yeah. I have never received a gift. That seems insane to me. Layers is such a pioneering record. It's like, you know... That's I, cool, but that, I, that's why it's there, because I wasn't locked into half-twos. Right. But, you know, we were talking about layers earlier, and I, I was, you know, we weren't recording. We were just, just talking. And, you know, the thing is, that, and I said this, and I want to actually make sure this gets in, you know, on this. That, that predates Stevie. That predates, like, and I love Stevie Wonder. I mean, you know, in, in, in the proper, you know, that, I, all right, fair enough. You know, you don't have to love, you know. But that record... Do you, do you know that Sometimes I Cry, the intro to that is, is sampled on, on one of the probably biggest electronic records ever? It's a group called Massive Attack. Have you ever heard of this band? A song called Teardrop? I'll send, I'll send it to you. And, you know, and actually, you know what? And, and not to get into a contentious thing. Are they with a company? Uh, oh, the record is at this point maybe about 16 years old. 14, See, 16 years old. Everything that we've been able to track down is way past the statute of limitations. So what's the statute of limitations on a Six sample? years. Are you serious? Wow. And so have you looked into that? Have you tried? Oh, yeah, I got guys. Have you had fact, success? In fact, Alan, my buddy, I, if you, I, I appreciate it. He never mentioned that to me. Okay, so well. So you send it to me, I'll make sure. He lives in Baton Rouge, and he's out at my website now. I'm going to build, but he's. He's the guy that kind of produced my record when I want money. Sure. I call him up. He knows how to get money. And uh, How has the sampling thing worked? Over had, 135 of them. 
Right. And yeah. he wants me to do a record call right back at you. <laughs> and we take those songs that they use. And, and use those. And I use them. <laughs> and that's all. And dare them to sue us. Right back at you. That is so great. He says, the way I said right now, that's, I don't know if you could use the money, but they owe you at least $400,000. Oh, listen, we interviewed, um, do you know the, the drummer Mike Clark? He played with Herbie Hancock's Headhunters and no. played with Vince Guaralt. I mean, he's played with a lot of guys. He said that his guy is looking into samples and that he has been on over 64 million units sold really? of albums. Well, so I, can, I have too. Oh, no, no. I, and that's kind of why you know I, I brought it up, because I don't want to dwell on it, because I actually wanted to get your viewpoint of it from a creative standpoint you know do you think that you know i mean listen a lot of stuff i do is based on snipping things and using little pieces well that's an art to me in itself right that's why i meant before in the beginning when i said you know the creative part of it has got to always be there yeah and you're just copying what other motherfuckers are doing you ain't playing nothing you, right you just want to be a on the bandstand, you know. Right, right. <laughs> That's totally right. I never even thought of that. I mean, I'm saying, you know, not to defend my viewpoint of it, I take air and hiss and sound from records and maybe a quarter note here, a snare drum there, you know what I mean? Little bits and pieces to create a puzzle. But you see... But when it's verbatim, I can understand. If you were to talk to your father, he would say, you sound just like Les. He's always one piss and air... Hissing yeah. and popping on that. I'm telling you, man. You know, those are sounds. I and mean, that's part of what we hear every day, but we tune them out. No, they're the magic. You know? And when they're there, oh, wow, that's, ooh, that song sounds familiar. Right. Never heard it in your life, but it does feel familiar. Right. What, just randomly, what's the first thing that you heard that made you say, I want to do music? Or I want to I wanna explore what is this? This blew you away. I mean, just completely knocked you off your feet. Well, I heard a friend of mine who was in the band mm. played the mellophone. Yeah. But he was always walking around. <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? He's something you didn't know about. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's too hip for your dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hang out with gay guys and we're smart. Oh. Uh. <laughs> what the fuck? What is it? Yeah. It's jazz. Jazz. Uh. What is that? Well, it's this very hip radio station coming out of Tennessee. Okay. Called Randy's Record Shop. And they come on late at night and they played I, I know that station because I heard some other music you ever heard of a guy named Nat King Cole uh oh Stan Kenton don't mind don't be fucking with my shit okay <laughs> this ain't for you you stick with your gospel and your uh. fucking guitar hillbilly fucking music <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna turn it on at night right and just so happened that my uh, mother worked for somebody, meaning the white man. 
Oh, okay. And they gave a, a radio, a Philco radio. It was like one of those big draw remember? Yeah. And you could get stations all over the world. Oh, right, like shortwave? Or... Yes, everything. Yeah. And we could get this station out of Gallatin, Tennessee, mm. Randy's record job, and so I'd get up in there. Oh, my God, what is that? Never heard music like that. Right, never. Mm. I started listening to him. I started listening to him even more. He was younger than me, too. He was in my brother's class. Right. And then he started bringing me music here. And I was in the band. We'd do things in the back with the drums, the drummer, and the sousaphone player. Right. And it was all connected, though, to me. Everything I did was in rhythm or something. I carried my horn home every day all the way from the school, three miles, walking with a sousaphone on my hand, that shoulder. Three it? miles? Yeah. Almost sounds like a, a joke. Yeah. Three miles. Sousaphone. Yeah. It's like a People would all come out of the house at the right time every day, waiting on this kid to come down the street. No, really? His horn. I was the only cheerleader in my school. Really? I had no cheerleaders. But I have a horn. I was banned from being on any athletic team because we need him in the band. <laughs> you were that good. They needed you to root for the band, uh, root for the team. Wow. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't rooting then. It was just team was one thing and the band was another thing. We didn't. Yeah. We only had about twenty some people in the band. Oh, okay. But I got really pissed off my band teacher. I said, "Fuck it, I'm going out for football." Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm pretty good at whatever I do. And he called the teachers and told them, tear his ass up. Oh, man. And they did. Wow. But I knocked a few of them out. Right, right, right. And he came to me and he said, man, you know, your band teacher really loves you. He's, you know, you get out of hand or whatever it is you're doing. You're, Come on, work it out. You're going to do this. It's going to be all right. Yeah. But they need you in the band. I said, okay, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Okay, fuck it. Wow. I'll go ahead and be famous doing something else. So and, there goes your career in the NFL. Fast forward to uh, Montreal. Well, back then, they had no fat black quarterback, so. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, well. Wow. Okay, but, but, so you're listening to this radio station late at night. Did you just get addicted and listen every night and just fully get absorbed by it. I started it. finding other stations on that radio that wow. played other than bluegrass country and hillbilly music. Because so. you were in Lexington, yeah. you were limited, they, they wouldn't play a lot of... Well, the local station, that's all they played. Right. And at least a little bit of odd would come out of Ohio. Right. But who would ever think jazz coming out of Tennessee? Not me. It was two guys that used to live out here and went back there uh, and got very hip over the radio, right. you know. Sure, of course. And I finally met those two guys, father and son. Huh. I said, man, you're Randy's radio? Yeah. So who are you? I said, that's for can't. What? Wow. We play your records all the time, you know. What a trip. So these guys turned you on to something that you learned, and then they, that's beautiful. Having that radio was how I got into it trying to speak other languages. Sure. Yeah. Hearing sounds in the voice that never heard, you know. Yeah. What is that? Oh, it's way overseas. 
And coming from Montreal, <laughs> oh, it's about five miles up the road. Right? <laughs> yeah. And speaking French in Montreal. Yeah, that's what All they do. All that French, that's how it works there. <laughs> so I didn't know what that meant. No, know. but you learned because you played their jazz festival. You, pl- you probably visited every city you heard on the radio, some festival. So the radio was your sort of vision of the world. Yes. I mean, that's your window. Plus, a lot of languages I never knew, figured no. out what they were. I was in a leaning towards German. I could understand that that was German. Right. Not just because it said the guy's name was Hitler, but I... <laughs> I uh, you had to take it to Adolf. Great. <laughs> Is it true that you won a contest in the Navy and went on Ed Sullivan? Oh, yeah, I got it right, yeah. Joining us on the shoe. <laughs> it's a horrible person. Well, uh, you know, this guy, there's a guy writing a book about me. Well, we won't let the whole cat out of the bag. Well, no, <laughs> the thing was, whatever I think of, he'll come over and like, hey, man, I, I was on the Ed Sullivan show. He said, you were? Yeah. Well, let's see if we can get the tapes or that. Yeah. Well, they didn't make tape in those days. No. Kinescopes. Kinescopes, yeah. He said, I'm, I want to call CBS and see if I can get it. He says, uh, I said, well, it might be easy if they can't come up with because I know they got the files in it. Yeah. All you got to do is tell me it was the only night that Ed Sullivan was not there. Wow. Really? He said, what do you mean? I said, Kirk Douglas was the host that night. Get out. And he said, when he called him and told Man. him, so, sir, we don't know where. We got to give us a number. He said, no, it's the only night Ed wasn't there. Oh, really? That's like when Lou Gehrig took a day off. Leslie McCann. Ensign, first grade, <laughs> Leslie McCann. You want to see it? Protecting our nation. We, we can't see it right this second, but obviously, yes, I want to see that. Protecting the high seas, Les. Yeah. My good. Was it a trio? Was it was me it a, by myself? Oh, just a vocal thing. Yeah, vocal. Piano, piano. So it's going to sit up here tonight. <laughs> Less playing corny. I'm sitting shit. at the piano, you know, and all of a sudden, rocks and bread falls out of the ceiling. That's all, man. I'm not into rock and roll. That was a joke. Oh yeah. But I sung a song and. The the part that goes to the story that nobody ever knows is when I went to rehearsal. Yeah. I'm, I'm 18 years old. Yeah, yeah. And I said, this is Mr. David Rose. Whatever his name was, orchestra leader. Oh, Great. yeah, I, I don't know the name. Yeah. Very famous. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. And it's 50-piece orchestra. And so it's what he wants to hear what you're going to do, and I play the song. What a day this has been. What a rare month. Oh, come it's okay. On, come back tomorrow, same time. We'll rehearse. Okay, I come back. And the orchestra is there. I'm playing, and it comes to the part where the orchestra comes in. I fainted. I fell off the piano bench. They had to get cut, call paramedics, you know. You overcome with emotion? Uh, yeah. I never heard strings around me before. And I, I just passed out right there. Oh my God! And they brought me to right away. I wasn't, you know, wasn't sick, and I just overwhelmed. I couldn't believe, it, you know. Well, one of the one of the first gigs I ever really did was with you, when we played in Boston. That was and a great moment. Man, we did the gig, and I was so afraid. Well, wait, but I would, no, but, but I'll no. explain. I'll explain. But I learned but. every melody. I learned every chart. I learned every song of yours that I could learn. Yeah. And we got there, and you said, "Here's the set. 
We end with None this. You don't it. play on this. I learned with these hands. I'm like, you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, you see, you don't play on that. You don't play on this. Just groove and have fun. And it was the first time, after all these other gigs, where I was like, oh my God, he just wants it to feel good. And that is it. Stay out of the way. Yep. Don't overplay. Yep. And shut up. If you got a solo, let me know, and you got it. Yo, <laughs> well, I never, play, you yeah, know? I never called for solos. You just pointed at me and yep. you said, play. Well, a lot of guys, young guys, don't know, and you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Especially drummers. I hate it. All drummers. Yeah, why? Because they, they're not musicians. They're drummers, <laughs> but they're not musicians. But, they don't know where the bridge is on the song. Or whatever, or whatever. In all fairness, every song you write is based on rhythm and bass. It's I would true, think you would true. love. Is there a drummer that you go now? That guy, that's my guy. Alphonse I, moves on. Alphonse moves on. Really, and no same, one else. Now, Abe Laborio, same thing. Just the kid, the son, now the father. Oh, but he's a he's a bass player. I know. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. One of my best. He is. And the guy I got now is he's beyond all those guys put together. Who? Damon Erskine, I'm talking. Damon Erskine up in Portland. Yeah, but like, never. You never. Did you ever play with like James Gatson? Or, yeah, all of them. All of them. I mean, all of them. <laughs> on the record, the invitation to open it, yeah. fifteen musicians. No, I know, I know. Five drummers. Who who do you, who are the drummers? Do you remember all the names? Buck Clark, Purdy, 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 right? Uh, it's Ralph McDonald in there. Ralph McDonald. Percussion. Naldine. Course on the band. And uh, Alphonse Wilson. When he came, when he showed up, he looked at us, what the fuck, you got all these drummers in here for us? Oh, yeah. it. do you want to be here? He said, yeah. I said, oh, so what does that got to do with you? He said, well, what do you need them for? I said, you think they can do what you do? He said, what do you mean? I said, can they play what you play? He said, no. I said, well, I got you here to be yourself, motherfucker. Exactly. And he said, Oh, what do you mean? I, said, I want you solo through the whole song. Which song? It's 24 minutes. The Lovers. Lovers, yeah. That's one of the best records ever. Well, you know, <laughs> the thing I love about Five Drummers is no one's stealing your gig. You all got the gig, you know? <laughs> There's uh, a lady playing the harp with us. She's like, I, I can't play, I can't stay there all night. Corky I, Hale. Got a gig with Tony Bennett down yeah, at the... I know. Oh, you know the story? Well, I know Cor I met Corky at Montreal Jazz Festival, and actually she talked about how she was on that gig and had to leave. So but she didn't go. I know. She stayed. <laughs> who, and would, who would leave? He there? did the song without her and turned around and introduced her. <laughs> it's, I don't know if he drinks or whatever, yeah, but yeah, yeah. somehow what I got back, he turned around and introduced her, and she wasn't there. Tony she Bennett. She fired instantly. Oh, man. But she said, I wasn't leaving. I couldn't leave. That music was tearing me up. It, it, it worked out for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she did just fine. So yeah. Eddie Harris. Who? <laughs> Eddie Harris? You and Eddie were always had like an oil and water thing in a way. Cause that's he, the way he was with everybody. So that's just him with that's everyone. That's the way he is. He, had, mean, he had Nettery and I had Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but Nessie brought Joel through. So yeah, Nestle Joe, well, I know. I'm talking about Eddie. That's where he was. Right. Yeah, Nestle's my man. 
I don't give a fuck. You ain't shit, okay? Well, I know you didn't take any shit from him, but, you know. Well, it took a long time for me to just stand up to him because I really wanted to learn. I was very much intimidated. He used to go up on the bandstand after we finished playing and say, now you want to hear a real film play. Uh, And he started playing himself. And he'd go on and on. People sitting there, wow, yeah, yeah, and come back and dress him. See, I told you I played piano. See, you got to listen. That's what piano plays sometimes. Fuck. You. Yeah, that's okay. not. You know, I saw him when I was in I was in Montreux with him, and I was playing with someone else. But he was there, and my they put an Atlantic night together, and it was kind of a bullshit night, to be honest. And they had all these younger horn players on the Atlantic and Warner Brothers sort of roster, and I think it was like Gerald Albright and you know Josh Redman, you know, good players. I mean, but they they played. And they worked together. Well, no, I mean, totally different. Totally, totally different thing. Although Josh, much closer, you know, straight ahead player, can play a lot of different things. Eddie did something that was almost verging on cruelty. They all played Cherokee, and Eddie went last, and he did an impersonation of each of the three or four horn players (laughs) before him. Then he I played. Love it. I love it. So he basically repeated things that they all played, and then he played his solo, and then he did a solo completely just on pads, you know, like he did his percussion thing, and he just ripped them apart. It wasn't, but it was. And here's the thing: what I was saying, like it, it was, it was almost based in anger. I mean. Well, what's, what's wrong with that? Nothing. It was amazing. I loved it. I mean, I'm angry. What you know, do you like, mean? How did he rip them apart? I think he just was sort of like, you know, let me remind everyone, you know, boss, I'm boss tenor here. Well, that's um, where the guys were back in those I know. days. You know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, everybody's being nice and everybody's a winner and everybody gets a ribbon, you know. Mm. But it, it was unbelievable. And then the next day he proceeded to yell at me for 30 minutes on the shores of Lake Geneva. What we all need always to be doing being aware of who we are at all times and continue to learn and change and grow with whatever not being what we were told we should be like right uh, dressed a certain way each one of us are unique yeah and so but everyone tells you what you ought to be doing what you ought to be like what you should be doing right you can't get caught up in that especially if you already grew up doubting yourself right I always knew what I wanted to do. I don't regret anything I've ever learned. Right. Because I made the whole, you know, there ain't no, I'm so glad that I could be a part of this uh, planet and at this time that I know, I remember now yeah. all the things that I've heard musically and seen and travel. I mean, it's been the whole package. I always say, if it got me better than this, what would I be doing? (laughs) Well, I think we kind of nailed on it. I mean, I'd like to kind of end on a note like that. Whatever you say, I'm with you all the way. Yeah. I want to thank every human being I have ever met, and I feel like I've met everybody in the whole world. (laughs) That's beautiful, man.